most highly favored lady is how we shared in the praise of Mary at the beginning of our Mass this morning. And we did so in good company, in the words of the hymn, as Christian folk through the world will ever say, most highly favored lady. Those words, most highly favored lady, refer to what is called the angelic greeting of the Archangel Gabriel to Mary, what's often and typically translated rather as Hail Mary, full of grace, in our hymn, Most Highly Favored Lady. There are, in fact, many translations of the first words of the angelic greeting And that's because the words of the angelic greeting are so rich that they have a multiplicity of meanings. And that's why biblical experts have struggled literally for centuries as to how to properly translate the original Greek of the angelic greeting of Gabriel to Mary in a way that captures its fullness and nuance. No one single translation can do that. Perhaps it's necessary to underscore this point, that this greeting to Mary from the angel, by the angel, is far more than a typical greeting, far more than, hey, how's your golf game, Mary? Or, Mary, how you doing? Wonderful quiche you made last week. Or, as the kids might say, sup, sister? No, this greeting is of a wholly different character. These words, after all, are from God. From God, delivered to Mary by an angel, because that's what angels are. Messengers of the heavenly word of our Lord. The heavenly word of our Lord, in its fullness, reaches far beyond the ability of human language to fully articulate it. This is why there's so many translations of the Greek phrase, Hail Mary, full of grace, two of which we've already mentioned. And there could be many, many more, because the word of God reaches beyond language's ability to fully articulate it or even partially articulate it in any significant way. And because it is in this moment of the Annunciation that we first encounter Mary in Luke's Gospel, how she is described at this first moment in the Bible, in Luke's account, is how to properly understand the entirety of her place in Luke's Gospel. 
And that then can be translated into how we understand her within the Christian life, within what's called the economy of grace. Her place in God's plan of salvation is established. The groove is cut with how she is introduced because that's how it often goes in the Bible. When a person is introduced, particularly their name, that is what establishes their identity. So I want us to focus on these five words, Hail Mary, full of grace. The first word is hail, which in Greek can be pronounced kyre. I might be mispronouncing that depending on what era of Greek we're talking about. It's spelled like the English word chair with an E at the end. Kyra. The word directly in its most everyday commonplace sort of meaning literally means rejoice. And oftentimes you'll see this translation in Bibles. Rejoice, O highly favored one, for example or most highly favored lady. But as biblical scholars point out, it is a gesture on the part of Gabriel, a greeting that would have been, in fact, highly unbecoming within Jewish rabbinical culture addressed to a woman. Not unbecoming addressed to a man, but even there would have been addressed to a man of stature or power, not an everyday man. Gabriel's angelic greeting is very reverent and it's very courteous. And I mean that word courteous because it's the kind of greeting typical of a person in the monarchy, for example. A greeting, in our case, as a queen would receive. And it, in custom, customary usage, I mean, corresponds as well to the Hebrew greeting of shalom, which means peace. But it's peace addressed to someone very, very important, like a queen. And that shouldn't surprise us, because already then we see why the church from its early days has given Mary, Our Lady, the title Queen of Heaven, Lady of the Angels. Because here, an archangel is addressing her, like the angel would, or a normal, regular sort of person would address a queen. And so if we were to break open this word hail, in a clumsy sort of way, but perhaps helpful to bring out its different sonorities, it would be something like, Be at peace, my queen. Again, this is fitting, because there is, in fact, no one else in the Bible who is addressed in this same way that Mary is addressed. Never is a man addressed in this way, and never even is a woman addressed in this way, save for one, 
Mary, the mother of God. This in itself confers a dignity, specifically a theological dignity, upon Mary. And by extension, because Mary represents the people of God and represents Israel, this addressing of Mary in such a way confers not only dignity upon her, but by extension, dignity upon all women simply as human persons, independent of the roles of wife or as mother. It is also worth noting that the word kyre is the root of the English word chair and also throne and cathedral, which cathedral is itself based on the word cathedra, which simply means throne upon which the bishop seats and, or sits. And so cathedral, for all the beauty and ornateness that cathedrals usually have, all it really means is the building that's built around the bishop's throne, the bishop's chair, all of which is a, stems from the way that Gabriel addressed Mary. Again, bringing out her queenliness. So again, we have a building sense of the high honor and dignity of the angelic greeting and a sense thereby of who Mary is. Someone whom the highest angels deeply respect. That's the first word. After this, Gabriel then addresses Mary with a word that's usually translated into three English words full of grace. The Greek is kikaritomeni, which I might be, again, pronouncing in ways that Greek scholars might flinch at. My apologies. And indeed, Gabriel addresses this to her, and that's the right word. Because, again, as biblical scholars point out, the way Gabriel speaks is the way in which Gabriel is saying Mary's name. He sp Gabriel spoke as if one would say a person's name. In other words, it's not a quality of Mary that Gabriel utters, a quality or attribute, such as beautiful, or friendly, or intelligent. The church has certainly seen Mary in all those ways, and many more. The titles for Mary are quite numerous. But Gabriel doesn't do that. In his greeting, he does something quite different. He names her. So Mary is she who is the fullness of grace. Or you might just say that Mary's name is the fullness of grace. But it's more than that. And this is where grammar nerds like to raise their hand and point out that this word, translated into three words, kikaritomeni, full of grace, is a past perfect participle. 
The significance of that is that it indicates that Mary, in encountering the presence of the angel, the archangel Gabriel, and hearing the angelic greeting, it's not the case that she was transformed by this encounter from, let's say, lesser grace before the encounter to now fullness of grace because of the encounter and because of God's word delivered to her. It's, to be blunt about it, it's not like her gas tank of grace was lower and here her gas tank of grace has been filled up. No. Rather, the way that Gabriel addressed her is that Mary has always been the fullness of grace and was created in that way by God. Completely, perfectly, enduringly endowed with grace is Mary's identity. And she has never been less than that. That is who she is. It's her essence. It's her DNA. It's who she is even when she was in her mother's womb. Even, we can say, when she was conceived. And so this is how the church has understood that Mary was immaculately conceived because she was always the fullness of grace. Grace is not corrupt at all, but rather immaculate. I stress all of this simply because the meaning of the biblical words Kyrie kikaratomeni or hail Mary full of grace or in the longer clumsier rendering be at peace my queen you who are completely perfectly and enduringly endowed with grace these words and specifically the significance that I have drawn out are all rooted in the Bible rooted in the literal account given to us by St. Luke, what the words he wrote down actually mean. They are not meanings that are gussied up and unbiblical, rather by our sisters and brothers in the Roman Catholic tradition or anywhere else. No, they are simply the biblical words understood as best we can in the fullness of their significance and meaning. And so while this clumsier rendering, be at peace, my queen, you who are completely, perfectly, and enduringly endowed with grace, is clumsier, it's also richer and more accurate. And therefore, it is necessary to have that sense to understand Mary in the biblical sense of her. She is introduced to us in this way. It's, these are the necessary ways of understanding Mary, but there's one more thing to do. That is to say, there remains one word in the English translation to unpack, and that word is the word grace, which in Greek is charis. And first of all, let's note 
that the word karis is snuck into the word kikaratomeni within the angelic greeting, as well it's, it's within the word Eucharist, which is very interesting. That is to say, Mary's essence is captured in the word grace, and the essence of the Eucharist has something to do with Mary's nature. Now the beginning of the definition of grace one we often find, for example, in the back of the Book of Common Prayer, in our catechism, is that grace is God's favor towards us. And that is part of the reason why our hymn addresses Mary as most highly favored lady. Grace meaning God's favor, but to define grace as God's favor is only, be only the beginning. To fill it out, we recognize that God's favor is always God's gift. And so Mary is the fullness of God's favor. Her nature is the fullness of God's favor. Her nature is the fullness of God's gift. And yet we also know that God's gift is himself offered on the cross and that his gift of himself on the cross passes into the sacred humanity he has given us through the sacramental life received through the seven sacraments. And we also know that God's gift of himself that passed into the sacred humanity within the sacramental life of the seven sacraments is love, for his nature is love. And his gift is true peace, the heavenly peace which passes all understanding, made aware to the apostles in the upper room on the first Easter Sunday evening when Christ in his resurrected and glorious body appeared to them, his first words being peace. Peace capturing the presence of Jesus resurrected and having given his peace to them through them we receive his peace and through the sacraments ultimately in the Christian church grace is the source of Christian life and it is participation in the divine life Grace is the participation in the life of Christ given to us in the sacraments. And so grace is the heavenly reality. And Mary, Our Lady, is full of grace. Her nature is to be the fullness of grace. So she is the fullness of the heavenly reality and has been that way made by God since her conception, the heavenly, reality, the heavenly reality of grace is Mary. The heavenly reality of peace is Mary. The heavenly reality of love and the Eucharist is Mary. So this, brothers and sisters, is why Christians can praise Mary and have a devotion to her without reservation because of her name, 
as seen in the biblical account of St. Luke, which introduces her to us. Anglicans traditionally and rightly have placed a high value in tracing all doctrines of the faith to the scriptures, to the Bible. Yet we nonetheless can rest assured that not just a devotion to Mary, but a high devotion to her is biblically based, even from the first words spoken to her that we know of. The first words, Hail the fullness of the heavenly reality of grace, of peace, of love, of the Eucharist. Because this is who she is, entirely by the initiative of God, who made this wonderful creature, gloriously, mysteriously, and joyfully. Her whole life was a life full of joy, lived to be an example to others of how to love God with joy, how to love her son Jesus with joy, and how to follow he who is the way, the truth, and the life through life's sorrows and through life's difficulties, and yet always with the joy of God. That her way of being would be able to be imitated by others through humility, through obedience, which is listening with God and to God, specifically with an open heart, as God makes his presence aware to us. And as we ponder the awareness we have of his presence, through his grace, understanding of his presence arises in our hearts and in our minds so much so that we know that it's God and we say yes to God. Like Mary said yes to God, behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word, is Mary's yes to God. Her ministry to us is to help us to say yes to God because when we say yes to God, we proclaim with Mary the greatness of the Lord. Holy Mary, Mother of God, Mother of the Church, pray for us.